Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast, a playoff edition, a wild card weekend edition of the Downey and Martez podcast right here on Bucks Nation. SB Nation. I am the Downey half of this dynamic duo. The sock. Downey. I am the Levante sock. David coming back to the team. And that is the one and only the playoff Lenny as well. Lynn Martez. We're, we're coming back to you. We're, we're giving a jolt to you like uh, Levante David and Leonard Fournette are going to give to the Bucks this weekend. You are the sock to the connection. Smelly, funky sock. To the connection. Why well, I'm just a stout, hard, firm rock to the connection. So you get it? Rock and sock connection. Oh man, if I had if if I had the had a hammer, if I had a hammer, if I had a soundboard, soundboard, stop, uh, stout, firm rock would be a drop on this show. Uh, Maybe you should change your Twitter handle to that. Lynn is not at Stout, Stout Firm Rock. But he, is, <laughs> but he is at Elmar810. I am at TD Experience. And Bucks Nation, as always, is at Bucks underscore Nation. And remember to check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis. The great team over there doing great work putting out uh, content, news, everything you need to know about your Buccaneers heading into wildcard weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles. Coming up later on today's show, Lynn and I will recap Black Monday and Black Tuesday, including a couple of surprising uh, firings, give our takes on those and who might be some of the hot head coaching candidates. And we will take a look around the league and examine the full wildcard weekend and let you know if we are expecting any upsets this year. But we will start with Sunday, 1 o'clock, Raymond James Stadium, a rematch of Thursday Night Football from earlier this season. The Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts, they got hot down the stretch and got into the playoffs. They are the last seed, the seventh seed, in the NFC, and they face the two-seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lynn, not too much to look back on last week. The Bucs get that win. San Fran beats LA, and they get that uh, they get that two-seed. I mean, it was another slow start for them, just like against the, the Jets, and they do lose uh, Cyril Grayson to an injury, but I think now is the time to look ahead to what we think that we're going to see against Philadelphia on Sunday. You mentioned last week on the show that that's who the Bucks fans should want to play over San Francisco or uh, the possibility of playing the Rams or the Cardinals as well. The Bucks got what you said they should be uh, they should be rooting for. How similar do you expect this game to be to what we saw on Thursday Night Football earlier this season? Pretty much it's the same. The only thing that I'd be leery of is, is how the Eagles have changed somewhat to the standpoint of they're real confident running the football. And it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, they 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 rush for a buck fifty against everyone. Remember, and, I, was it was it in the second half of that game that the Eagles fans erupted when they finally gave the ball to the ball? Miles Sanders? Yeah. yeah. 
And, and Sanders uh, won't play in this game. I think he's banged up uh, a broken hand, if I remember correctly. But the thing about it is this Eagle team is a little bit different than, than the team that the Bucs played on that Thursday night game. Bucks got out to that to that quick start and, and took that, that lead. And then the Eagles put up a couple of touchdowns late and lost by six, 28 to 22. But like I said, the thing that scares me a little bit, and I know I said that this is the matchup that Bucks fans should want because you don't want to play San Francisco. I'll be, I'll tell you flat out right now. And I'll show, I'm sure we're going to get into the, the games and the matchups for a while called weekend, but I don't think any team in the NFC wants to play San Francisco. If you're a Cowboys fan, you should be a little bit, little bit, a little bit scared about playing San Francisco because they're a balanced football team. You can talk about their issues with uh, with not winning the NFC West, but you got to take the whole season and check out what they've gone through to be able to make the playoffs and the injuries they they withstood. And the, the ability to still run the football no matter who's back there. I mean, your slim 5K a day, but could run back there and, and gain 100 yards behind the San Francisco uh, offensive line. But back to the Eagles Bucks game. The thing about this matchup, and granted it's at Ray J, is I don't like the fact that this team has gotten off to the slow starts it has in the last two games. And I'm talking about the Buccaneers. We can talk about, about all the injuries. We can talk about who they're missing. And we can talk about the fact that, you know, it's Mike Evans and it's Gronk and potentially could be Grayson if he plays on Sunday. Um, but if he doesn't, then all of a sudden you're looking at Perryman, Perryman and you're looking at Scotty Miller and, and Tyler Johnson. Those guys made some plays on Sunday. But we've talked about this before. You're getting into the playoffs. And as much as the Eagles are seventh seed, and I'm not, trust me, the, the Eagles are eight and a half point underdog for a reason because they're not expected to win this football game. And I don't expect them to win this football game. But the point is, is that for me, the competition is going to get better. And as much as the Bucs will play a divisional round home game, that competition is going to get better. And it could be a team like Dallas or San Francisco. And with that, them slow starts need to stop. Stop on Sunday, 1 o'clock. Well, and the Bucks got off to a quick start against Philadelphia, but then Philadelphia, you know, kind of came back. It ended I'm up talking being about a, the last two weeks, brother. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm with you, but I'm, ta- I'm, rewinding, I'm rewinding to that game uh, earlier this season when Tampa Bay beat Philly 28-22. to The leading receiver for the Bucks in that game, Antonio Brown. He's gone. The second Ooh. leading receiver. The second leading receiver was surprisingly OJ Howard, who had six catches in that game, but he only played nine snaps last weekend in a situation where the Bucks were really strapped for pass catchers. So yeah, but this offense is gonna run two tight ends. And guess what? It's Bray and it's Gronkowski. Not to mention the fact that a little bit of Cha-ching! to get the but 87 wrong. on yeah. Sunday. No, but I'm saying I brought up the suggestion of maybe working out, you know, some packages where you have OJ mm-hmm. spread out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Simply hasn't simply hasn't happened. No, because that's you, you gotta do you gotta do the skill set. And not only that, it's it's a tough time to start 
asking a guy and start and start ask, and asking your offense, including the quarterback, to all of a sudden December or January to plug somebody in that hasn't done that all season long. So you go with, you know, next man up when it comes to the wide receivers, whether it be Tyler Johnson, uh, Perryman, and Scotty Miller. Who finally showed with that, that touchdown late in the game uh, last week was really our first Scotty Miller sighting of 2021. Missed a lot of games due to injury, but but still good to see good to see Scotty uh, get involved in the game plan a little bit. You Leonard know what? For- you didn't even correct me. I said Brett Perryman, Brashad Perryman. Br- Brashad Perryman, yeah. yes. You can Br- correct Br- me, man. I'm all right with that. I'm going to correct you. Lord, no, so, I'm going to correct you. <laughs> Leonard, Fournette had, Leonard Fournette had two touchdowns in that game. Is he more important that the Bucks are getting him back this weekend, or is Levante David the more important piece for Sunday against Philadelphia? Oh, it's Levante David because this football team could win. This this team can can score. They, they scored Levante, who didn't play uh, against Philadelphia as well. In they scored one hundred one points in the last three games since getting shut out at home. That Sunday night game against New Orleans, and you can talk about the competition. That's fine. Panthers twice. And the Jets in between that, sandwich in, sandwich in between that. But ultimately, they did what they were supposed to do. They averaged, they averaged 30, just right at 34 points a game in the last three games. And don't forget last year, that run of 40-plus points a game, last year during that seven-game winning streak, that led into the playoffs and the Super Bowl run. But I still think that this team can – you know, offensively, can they get better? Yeah, they can get better because they can get off the better starts, as I mentioned earlier. But when it comes to you give me a choice of having 54 or 7, I'm going to take 54 because they're going to be playing the number one rushing team in the NFL. And those slow starts are even more crucial and a bad thing. If you've got the other team holding on to the football and running the football and getting 13, 14, 15 play drives. That's the thing that you need to watch out for on Sunday when it comes to the Eagles offensively having the football. They can't have that success running the football and having those long drives. Because if they do, and you get up to those slow starts, oh, <laughs> it's going it's to be a long day. It's, it's not going to be as quick as it was that Thursday night game when the Bucks jumped out to that lead. Well, and I think another huge, uh, huge aspect to this is having Levante back is having him against a Jalen Hurts. And if you look at the Bucks linebacker play when Levante David was out before this season started, so many people were quick to proclaim Devin White as the best linebacker on this football team. And while he's had flashes of greatness this season, if you look at the the analytics and some of Devin White's efficiency this year, it hasn't been great. It hasn't been the greatest year for for Devin White. And not having Levante David, I think, made me appreciate... I'm one of the biggest supporters of Levante there is, but it made me appreciate him more. And having him against a quarterback in Jalen Hurts who can get out of the pocket and things like that, I think that having Levante is absolutely huge even though the Bucks running back situation as we've seen you know Keyshawn Vaughn has you know shown 
some flashes. Le'Veon Bell got in there last week uh, without Rojo as well, but you need that third down back. I think the combination of Fournette and Giovanni Bernard is going to be huge in that aspect, especially with the injuries that the Bucks have uh, have at the receiver position because those guys can alleviate some of that and you can game plan to throw to running backs a little bit more than you could when your options were Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn. But at the same time, Levante David is huge and having him back, I think, is not only not only huge just to get him back in general, but he might be the key to winning this game against a very hot Eagles team. Yeah, let's backtrack a little bit, though, because you mentioned how Devin White may be affected with, with not having Levante out there. And here's the thing. When you have those two linebackers together, as an offensive coordinator, you need to game plan. You need to make sure those guys are getting blocked consistently but when 54 is not out there and 45 is by himself all of a sudden you've only got to block one and no disrespect to Kevin Minter and anyone else that's that's been on the football field when Levante hasn't been they're not Levante David and because of that all the focus goes on 45 Devin White that's how film study is that's how game planning is that's how offensive coordinators are going to attack the Bucs. Oh, wait a second. You mean you only got half of that tandem out there? Okay, we're going after 45. We got, got to make sure we get something on 45. Do you think that it is also a case of, I personally thought with some of uh, White's play this year, that especially with uh, Levante out, that maybe in those situations that he was – kind of trying to do too much almost overcompensating for Levante that's hard to to say that's hard to see I mean the thing about it is again when you're when you're playing when you're playing the Bucks and they had the run they had last year and the defense did what they did last year and and let's not let's not sell the front you know the, the front middle guys, the interior of the defensive line short either because Sue and, and, and Vita Vea played a huge part into the playoff run last year. When those guys are intact, when those guys are occupying blockers, Vea, Sue, and you got Levante and you got Devin White able to roll freely, that's a, that's a tough thing for an offense to go up against. But when you start taking pieces away, when you start taking Levante away, all of, all of a sudden, again, all you've got to do is, is get a get a tight end. And this isn't a knock on Devin White, but get a tight end to get a chip, to get a hit, to, to, to get out there in the second level. And because he's not able to run freely as he's accustomed to running freely, all of a sudden, he's not making as many plays as he was because... 54 is not next to him, and a defense or offense doesn't have to worry about him. So I, I'm not totally. I know there was a time where Bruce mentioned that Levante. Oh, I'm sorry, Devin didn't have one of his one of his better games. He had a bad game, but that may that may focus more about what you said in regards to 
Maybe he was trying to do too much, but I lean towards the fact that, hey, defenses, offenses are going to take him away. And it's a whole lot easier to take him away when Levante's not out there with him. Where are you at as far as Jalen I mean, I'm in St. Pete. <laughs> where, where are you at as far as Jalen Hurts? And you've talked a lot on this podcast in reference to Josh Allen in Buffalo, in reference to Kyler Murray in Arizona, about your quarterback being your best running back. You talked earlier on this show about the success Philadelphia has had recently running the football but still, if you look at the season as a whole, Jalen Hurts is the Philadelphia Eagles' leading rusher. Do you think that, me personally, I said going into that first game that that a big game from Hurts and him getting out of the pocket would be how the Eagles beat the Buccaneers. You, a lot of times, don't seem to think that that's necessarily a, a recipe for success, especially in the playoffs. What do you think that that's the way that the Eagles would pull the upset? A big game from Hertz using his legs? Oh, most definitely. But here's the thing. Here's let, let me let me <laughs> let me correct you on something. I'm talking from a standpoint of a long run into the playoffs. I'm talking about how Arizona starts off nine and 10 and zero, and is looking at winning that winning the NFC West. I'm talking about Buffalo. Again, going into being a number, wanting to be a number one seed in the AFC or even winning the AFC East and making that run into the AFC Championship game. I'm not talking about a Philadelphia team that's looking to upset one team on wild card weekend. Are we talking about them winning one game, a wild card weekend? Okay, fine. Hertz has been impressive. He's been impressive all, all year long in regards to being able to throw it, being able to run it. He's one of four quarterbacks since 2000. And the other four quarterbacks are Kyler Murray, Cam Newton, and Dante Culpepper. He's one of four quarterbacks since 2000 to have 3,000 yards passing, 700 yards rushing, and 10 rushing touchdowns. That's impressive. Nobody else is doing that but the guys I mentioned. But here's the thing. How long can you do that throughout the playoffs? That's the thing. That's why I say about Josh Allen, about Kyler Murray, and even Jalen Hurts. Can Jalen Hurts go out there on Sunday and be, and, and be the guy that, that can potentially pull off an upset like this? Sure, but it's more it's the upset, if it came, wouldn't be because Jalen Hurts balled out. It would be the fact that this defense, the, the Eagles defense, found a way to, to stop the Bucs offense. Because I'll say it again. The Eagles are probably going to run it and run it well on Sunday. The thing is, long, sustained drives. You can't allow them if you're the, if you're the Bucs. And if you don't allow them, then your offense is going to have the football and you put a lot of pressure on the Eagles defense, who just gave up 50-plus in Dallas last week. <laughs> that is true. But a, but a situation where, you know, they had already had their playoff I understand. locked up. Fitty, though. It's true. Fitty. And I, I do need to say this. You're talking about corrections. I think we did speak a little bit too soon in terms of Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is questionable okay. for Sunday. And Nick Sirianni said earlier this week that he is hopeful 
that Miles Sanders could return for this playoff game. And that would absolutely be huge for Philadelphia, especially in a situation looking at the forecast for Tampa on Sunday, 70% chance of rain. So that could bring in the situation where you're uh, running the football a lot more, even though uh, a guy coming off of a hand injury and wet weather and gripping the football, that's not an ideal situation. But the Bucks getting back Fournette, the Eagles getting back Miles Sanders, especially the way that they started to use him in the latter half of the season, is just as big of a thing, in my opinion. You're right. But here's the thing, though, too. And – Kind of like I mentioned about the Niners when it comes to they can put anybody back there and get their 100 plus. And hell, they use Debo uh, Samuel. Samuel. They use Debo yeah. Samuel, a wide receiver who has some experience playing running back as a running back when uh, Elijah Mitchell got hurt. And they put other guys back there, Jeff Wilson. That's the Niners. Along those same lines, the Eagles can run it with Jordan Howard. They can find, they'll find ways to run it. So don't, I know that they talk about him being questionable, but if but Sanders, he's their best, he's their best running back. He's That's, their best running back, but, but like other teams, don't sleep on the fact that if he doesn't play, all of a sudden you think, oh, well, they're not going to be able to run it. No. Because oh, that's, more, that, that's not what I'm saying. No, I, I just know, think I that it's not. a benefit. I'm just yeah. talking in general. It's about the scheme. It's about how, how they game plan. Not only that, whether it's Jordan Howard, Trey Downey, or Len Martez, if Jalen Hurts has one pass option and he chooses to hold, keep the football, he's going to be a threat. And that's the thing you need to worry about. It's not, it's not me. It's not you. It's not Jordan Howard. It's about Jalen Hurts being that threat with the football. And that's going to concern you no matter who is that running back. All right, before we move on to the rest of wildcard weekend and the the coaching situations around the NFL right now, Bucks win on Sunday? Oh yeah, they they win on Sunday. That I, I this isn't the upset I see coming in in wildcard weekend. No. This is I've got but I do expect somewhat of a similar game to what we saw uh earlier this season and I do think that the Bucks win I'll go 28-17 something like that and I do think that the wet the wet weather does benefit the Bucks because if you're you're in a situation and especially with with a young quarterback too and a on a big stage playing against the greatest quarterback of all time I I just can't trust Jalen Hurts to go into Tom Brady's house and 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 knock them off in a situation where the Bucks just still have the better roster, in my opinion. All I'll say is this. I'll say it again. I said it a couple of times already. Don't let them get drives. It's long, sustained drives, because before you know it, you look up, and you're in the second quarter, or you're in the third quarter, and you've gotten off to a slow start, and all of a sudden, you're allowing the quarterback who you've talked about in regards to the big stage, all of a sudden, that team gets confidence, and, and they the key for me is the fact that, again, can't allow long drives, need to get 54 back on the football field. I don't even care about the secondary. I'm not worried about hurts hurting you through the air. I'm worried about stopping the run on Sunday. And if you put it on Jalen Hurts' arm, I mean, we saw it throughout his college career. If you can stop the run and force Jalen, if you're in a situation where you're forcing Jalen Hurts to beat you in the air, I think that the Bucks definitely uh, – 
win that football game, and it could even get a little bit out of hand, but that's not what I'm predicting. Uh, let's get into the rest of wildcard weekend. It starts on Saturday at 4.30 with Cincinnati and the Las Vegas Raiders, and then on Saturday night, it is Patriots and Bills, as we've talked about. Bucks and Eagles, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Cowboys, 49ers, 4.30 and 8.15. The Sunday night football game is Steelers and Chiefs before the first ever Monday night football game in playoff history. The Rams hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Lynn, you've mentioned a couple times already on this podcast, the 49ers and Cowboys game. Is that the most intriguing one to you over the course of this weekend? Not necessarily the most intriguing one, but the one that I would actually think in terms of if you force me to pick a visiting team, an underdog to win on Sunday, or even the first two games or first two days. Hell, you can give me the whole, you, yeah, you can give me the first two days because, because I ain't sold on the Rams either. But if you just tell me Saturday and Sunday, pick an upset, pick the Niners. I didn't expect them to win on Sunday. And that's the reason why I'm off the Rams. Because I told you last week. And you said a, it, yeah. This isn't an I told you so moment. But this is just the fact that. You said if they lose, you're done with the I'm Rams. I'm done with them. I'm done. I'm done with the Rams. So so not only did they lose to the Niners in a situation where they could have been the number two seed and have another home game if they won on Monday night. And not only that, they wouldn't be playing the Cardinals. They'd be playing another football team. Because they'd be they'd playing be, the Saints, likely. They And they would be, and again, they'd be the number two seed playing a different football team but they lost. And you want me to what? Have faith on it? Man, please. They're and they not- were up big on the Niners early too. Oh yeah, they went by 17 and you and you would, you would have thought it was over. And kudos to the Niners. I'm, I'm telling you. Look, two Can out of the Can we give Jimmy G f- some credit for that drive yeah, at the end of that game? I mean, yeah. Come yeah. on. He, he gets a ton of crap. Right, give him a little but credit. that's about... Season on the line, okay. like a ninety-yard drive, and give him a little. Just He's had moments like that in the last couple of years. That, Even that Super Bowl run, he had moments like that. That's about as big boy as big boy drives get. Okay. And that's fine. Phenomenal that's fine. for Jimmy. G no, that, that, that's great. But that, but he's not the reason why they're going to win football games, and he's certainly not the reason why. I mean, like I said, they're able to run it on anyone, and they got big play wide receivers. They find, I mean, they're finding guys left and right to make plays on. I mean, as much as Jimmy G threw the football, there were guys cashing in on Sunday too, yeah. making big plays against that Rams secondary that's supposed to be as good as it was with Ramsey on one side, right? But when it comes to the Niners, again, they run it against anybody. You and I can get back there and get 100. Uh, I mean, well, you 75, me 100. Um, <laughs> I mean, you are playoff Lenny. <laughs> no, but I, I'm telling you, they can put anybody back there and get that guy on, though. So with that, that's the team that you should not want to play. And I know that they're playing a team that just put up 50 two of the last three weeks. I get that. I understand that. Circumstances, though. Who the Cowboys put up 50 against? You mentioned the Eagles, and they had their situation squared away when it comes to the playoffs concern. 
You know the other team they scored 50 against? The WFTs. They're horrible. And that's the thing about Dallas on, on Sunday. And it's the reason why I'm picking the Niners to pull the upset. Dude, which team is going to show up for the Cowboys? Is it going to be the team that beat the heck out of the WFTs and the Eagles and the rest of the division? Because they didn't lose a divisional game this year. Or is it the team that, that lost to Arizona at home, that yep. lost to the Vegas The at Raiders home? on yeah. Thanksgiving, yeah. So you want me to trust the Cowboys too? No, I'm trusting the team. I'm trusting the team that went on the road on Sunday, divisional leader, and beat them with that divisional leader having an opportunity to win the football game and be the number two seed. And the Niners snatched it. That's why the Niners are going to win on Sunday. Sorry, Cowboys fans. I'm with you too. I'm picking that. I'm picking that upset as well. Jeez. But it's. Uh, it's so it's so interesting to me though that you peg that as your upset that you think is most likely to happen simply because of simply because of how you felt all season long about the New England Patriots and they're going to Buffalo for the rubber match uh, of their season on Saturday night and how you felt about the Patriots all season and, and in all honesty the the Rams situation, you talked about being iffy on them. I'm kind of surprised that you're iffy on them simply because of who they're playing and how you felt about Arizona. But I want to say this about that too. You talked about the Rams laying an egg last weekend. If the Cardinals beat a bad Seahawks team, they win that division and they're hosting a playoff game this weekend. And I believe if they win that game, they're they're the three seed and hosting uh, because they beat the Cowboys. So if they win that game, they're the three seed. They're hosting San Fran and you've got the, the Rams going to Dallas if they beat Seattle. So that's a situation there where both teams kind of failed this past weekend. And to me, that's why... That is my most intriguing game because I think whoever wins that game, if they get some momentum, they could possibly be dangerous. But both of those teams have also been wildly inconsistent. And if what happens happens, if if the 49ers do beat Dallas on Sunday, then whoever wins that game on Monday night would be who comes to Raymond James Stadium on uh divisional playoff round weekend that game is so intriguing to me and i have no idea what to expect simply because of the performances that both of those teams put on last weekend and i was starting to get back on that arizona bandwagon after that win in dallas a couple of weeks ago but you have the opportunity to win the division be the three seed and you lose to seattle to me that's worse than what happened to the Rams against a team that was playing for their season. No, it's not worse. It's it's not it's it's not worse. Why? Because because the Rams would be sitting pretty if they'd have won that football game. So would Arizona. Arizona would be the three seed having a home playoff game. Yeah, but they they, they had an opportunity to knock to, to knock a team out of the playoffs. It's, but still, you lose to a you lose to a work. Next thing you know, okay. you're gonna tell you're gonna tell me that what happened to the Rams was worse than what happened to the Colts against the Jags. No, 
No, I won't tell you that. I won't. That's that's your boy, Carson Wentz. That's your boy. <laughs> that's your boy. By the way, hold on here because here's what's gonna happen. Okay, the lowest seed that's gonna win this weekend in the NFC is the Niners. Yeah, so they would go to Green Bay. They're going to Green Bay next week. So the winner of that Monday night game would come to Raymond James Stadium. Correct. Yep. Correct. And and if you're a Bucs fan, you know who you don't want to see? The Arizona Cardinals. For some strange... Wow. No, no, no. no. Even with the way that that Rams game went? I know it was early in the season. It feels like years ago. No. No. Apples and oranges. So far, Ray J. And again, you want me to trust Matt Stafford? Come on, man. I just went through that last week, and I just went through it again. But listen you, to what you, you said about to... trusting Kyler, though, too. You want me? Wait a second. No, but I, but no, but I, I shot down Matt Stafford, but I'm done with the Rams. I can at least, I can at least have a glimmer, glimmer of trust into Arizona. I'm not trusting the Rams at anything. I'm not trusting them to win on Monday, even if they win on Monday. Think I'm gonna think they're gonna win the following week? Oh no, they gotta they gotta get on a run for me to be like, okay, all right, two games in a row. They had two solid games in a row. This dude, dude is throwing pick sixes left and right, and you want me to trust him? No. And that last pass he threw that, on Sunday to, to me that was that was a. That was a throwaway. That one wasn't. It was a throwaway. That, it's a throwaway in overtime game that you got to win. You don't have to win it. That's the. Have to win if you want to be the number two seed. Have, the, to, win, but, have to win if you want back to back. So you're not going on the road to play the, the, the defending Super Bowl champs. You win that football game. You're not going on the road. This second week in a playoffs divisional round. To. Yes, but they played better in that in that game than how Arizona played against a bad Seattle team. Okay, that's fine. But that's the thing about Arizona. You know where they lose? At home. You know where they win? On the road. You know where they'll be in Just, AJ? Yeah. On the road. You can say whatever you want about that. For some strange reason, they, they showed up in Dallas. Yep. They showed up in SoFi. They find ways to win on the road. So... Whatever the reason, I don't know what Cliff Kingsbury does when he's at home. I don't know what the game plan is. I don't know what kind of food he's eating. I don't know what. I don't know what he's drinking, whatever it is. But he ain't doing it on the road because they win the football games on the road. And that's the team, other than the Niners, that's the team you don't want to see in Ray J Division around. Do you think Arizona beats L.A. on Monday night? Yes. And I, if the shocker a, of the year. If there was, Things if there come was a full way, circle. I'm not going to pick the Rams. I just told you. I know. Just, you know do you I'm think, not going to pick the Rams. I, no, I, no, I'm just going to follow this up. While, while, we're, while we're on the subject. No, just, if who, there was who, a way for me to type out and drag out the word yes with me saying it. Like, you talk about having a soundboard. If I had a soundboard with Marv Albert saying yes, I would have hit it. Because I'm not picking the daggone Rams to beat anybody. Not anybody. I think I go. That Aaron, Monday I night game is going to be fun. Just for me, I, to, just for me it, to sit there and watch Stafford fall on his face again. And I actually thought he was going to be like an MVP candidate. I'm done with Me that. too. 
I think I go. I think I. I think I go Arizona, but that's the one game to me that I have no idea what to expect in. While we're on it, while while you're picking Arizona, are you picking New England or Buffalo on Saturday night? <laughs> yeah, I'm not picking New England, dude. <laughs> there another, wow, this is another one. There another one. I I don't I don't know what I don't know what they don't do when they get to South Florida, but all of a sudden they can't beat. They can't beat the Dolphins in December or January, no matter who's a quarterback. Because don't get it twisted. People are like, oh, Mac Jones. No, 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 no. Belichick and Brady used to struggle in December and January in South Florida, no matter who was playing for the Miami Dolphins. They had Jay Cutler's quarterback and somehow found a way to beat the Patriots, who had more to play for in the game. Then the Dolphins did. For some reason, the Pats can't play in South Florida in December and January. And I mean, would I be shocked if they went into Rich Stadium and won, or whatever the stadium's called these days, and won in Orchard Park on on Sunday? No, I mean Saturday. No, I wouldn't be shocked. But based off the weather too, you're talking about two teams that are accustomed to playing in that weather too, and the better running game is who? New Patriots. England. Yeah. So. You know, they went down to South Florida and had Mac Jones throw it a few more times than they probably have. They probably will have him do it on Saturday at Orchard Park because I would not be shocked if he doesn't throw it more than 20 times on, on Saturday. Is it going to be like the, the – it's not going to be as bad as the Monday night Please game no. where he threw it Please three no. times. Please no. I want to watch the game. Please no. That Monday night game was horrible. And I, I'm, listen, I know Pats fans are happy they won that game and they'll be happy if they win the game – the same way on Saturday night, but no, nobody in America that's a football fan wants to watch that crap that happened that Monday night game. All right, let's talk about the other two AFC matchups. Chiefs, who are the two seed, they host the Steelers on Sunday night football and the game that kicks off the weekend, Las Vegas at Cincinnati. The whole situation that those two teams are in the playoffs is absolutely wild i think if we went into last week and we talked about the scenario of which two teams get those last two wild cards in the afc the least likely one we would have mentioned would have been las vegas and pittsburgh but the colts losing to the jags opens that entirely up and then the absolutely crazy las vegas and chargers game on sunday night and i'll say it again i don't care that he made it they should not have kicked that field goal oh, stop. do not do not risk your stop. chance do stop. not risk your chance of stop. missing the playoffs stop. a kneel the ball stop. and you have a surefire I'm glad you don't, I'm glad you don't coach youth sports good gracious boy Kneel the ball Stop. and you are in the Stop. playoffs. Kneel the ball. And also, I don't buy what you know. Hey, you know what? That them taking Herman the was just banging on your door right now. Open the door. Herman was just knocking on your door right now. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Please, go open the door. Door's open. Did you hear it? Go, yeah, there's, yeah. Don't let that. There's no Herm. Hey, Herm, Herm will put it on you, too, for saying that. Kneel down. You play to win the game you no. play to you play you play to advance they should have kneel, they should have Come they should on, have man. kneeled the it guaranteed their spot I understand in the playoffs could have happened what's the likelihood you get a block kick and return it's, again it's a sure a, bet there's a possibility versus, 
What's more it's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent versus ninety five percent. A hundred percent. What's not a hundred percent? A hundred percent versus ninety nine percent. If you kneel, you are in. It's not ninety nine percent. What that it could get blocked? No. No, I'm saying ninety a hundred percent chance versus a ninety nine percent chance of getting in. You take the higher chance. You take the sure thing. That's what I'm saying. I don't care if it was even a minuscule chance. You so, take the sure so thing. So you, you, you're telling me 100% chance, kneel down, or 99% kick the field goal and get, in, get another win. Dude, you, these, are, these are people that, that are playing for their careers. Rich Basaccia, it, but him getting in the playoffs, there's a chance he keeps that job. If, some, if somehow... If, they, if, if. Trey, what's the likelihood? It's more likely that he would have missed the field goal as opposed to it getting blocked. I'm just saying, should have taken. Man, I'm so glad. The I'm so glad. Sh- don't, don't. Should do have not, taken the shirt. Do thing. not. Do not. Hey, that shouldn't. Listen, have t- but I'll say this: that shouldn't have been. All youth leagues in Concord, North Carolina, do not let Trey Downey coach any any youth league of any I sport. I don't care what the sport is. Soccer, football, baseball, tennis, golf, none. Do not let him coach any of your children. Basketball, none. The whole reason why that was even an option is ridiculous. And I was hoping that that game would end in a tie so the NFL would change their stupid overtime rules to where games can't end in a tie. And you don't even have that That's situation. That's, That's that, that, it, that is another subject. But I'll say this now. Vegas going to uh, Vegas going to Cincinnati on Saturday. That's a situation where if Buffalo, if Buffalo and Kansas City win, which I think is what's going to happen, they're going to face each other on divisional weekend at Arrowhead. If the winner of Las Vegas and Cincinnati is going to Tennessee on divisional round weekend, I think I can easily foresee a scenario especially if Cincinnati were to win where the Cincinnati Bengals are in the AFC championship game. And you could have told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have thought you were nuts. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that. I think actually, I think that game might be the, the chart, the chiefs Steelers game may be the biggest blower of the weekend, but I think the Bengals, Vegas game is right behind it. I don't know. For some reason, I think the Bengals at home. I watched them a couple of weeks ago, man. That offense is nasty. Mm-hmm. It is nasty. And, and you're talking about, it's, it's one thing to say, okay, we're going to take Chase away. All right. We got a number one corner. That's the number one. See, we're going to take him away. You got to take three guys away, dude. <laughs> and you got to take CJ Uzuma away too, the tight end. And you got to take away uh, Joe Mixon, who's banged up a little bit, but rest last week. That offense is nasty. And because of that, I think that might be the biggest blowout of the weekend, with the exception of the Chiefs Steelers game. And look, God bless Big Ben for, for seeing the playoffs his final season, supposedly in Pittsburgh, and Mike Tomlin doing it again, finding a way. To have that team go nine, seven, and one and not have a losing record still on on his uh you know on his resume. But 
them going to Owlhead on on Sunday. <laughs> is Kansas City they this is the most wide open I can ever remember a NFL playoffs being going in, especially in the AFC when you're in a situation. I think you could ask a ton of people, and I don't think many, if any, are saying that the team that has home field advantage and has the bye is the favorite in the AFC. Not the AFC. No, you're right. I, yeah. I, I to- totally agree. Is Kansas is Kansas City the favorite in the AFC in your opinion? And if <laughs> and and if Kansas and if Kansas City isn't, you said that you don't think Tennessee is, where would you rank Tennessee? Because to to me, this is how I, I would go Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Tennessee and ranks of the the t- four is who I think is the most likely to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, as much as I want to agree with the the Kansas City and even Buffalo, I'm not – and I just bragged about Cincinnati offense. I'm not ready to make them a, a better pick in, in regards to over, over Tennessee just yet. But the reason why I, I'm, I'm off of Tennessee – See, even if Derek Henry goes back, I remember a certain number 17, the quarterback. Hey, he balled out against the Texans, man. Uh, he was chucking it. it all over the place. Who, who throws for less than 100 yards and wins playoff games. No, sir. No, sir. I mean, and I know, listen, and Tennessee's a, a whole lot different team than than back then when they, when they threw for less than 100 yards in playoff games. Not offensively. I'm talking about defensively. Defensively, they're nasty. They'll come out. They'll get after you. Um, but even with that, I, I, I'm still not. Listen, it's about the guy who takes his naps on Sundays and or Saturdays or Mondays. And and with that, it's it's number seventeen, Ryan Tannehill, and he can ball out against all of the, all the doldrums of the AFC South teams, the scrub Texans and Jags. Go ahead, beat up on those teams. Competition's coming, brother. It's coming next week. So whether it's Cincinnati coming at you next week or, or even uh, Buffalo coming, whomever it is, they're going to have something for, for – uh, It can't be – it's either it's either going to be Cincinnati, Vegas, or Pittsburgh that goes to okay. that goes to Tennessee. Or whomever it is. Yeah. Um, wait, because Buffalo's the number two seed? Yes. Bur- Buffalo's, the, Buffalo's the three seed, but they Buffalo would either host a game or there's no way that the two or three seed can face – the number, number one seed, seed gotcha. on divisional weekend. Yep. Fair enough. But again, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'd, Kansas, lo- I'd is, love to agree Kansas with you. City I'd love fa- to agree with you in regards to the Bengals are concerned. Like for me, for me, the, the, the ultimate thing to, to see would be the Bengals in the AFC championship, because I want to see that offense play throughout, throughout the playoffs. Yeah. And, and they're a team that can, they play in bad weather as it is now in Cincinnati. It ain't like they're playing in balmy weather in Cincinnati. And they do the things that travel. They can run it. But I'm like I said, I oh man, I, you want me to <laughs> you want me to trust a, a second year quarterback who's never played playoff games before. But boy, I tell you what, the last couple of weeks, Joe Burrow has been balling. <laughs> and that yeah. offense, and that offense, again, when you take one guy away. Here comes the number two and number three receiver. Do, do you think they lose any momentum by sitting those guys nah. and losing that game to Cleveland? No, 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 no. You, you, you refocus, man. You, you get back in the building on. You get back in the building on Monday, and, 
and Wednesday, and you raring to go, man. You know, the only thing is, the only thing is, is you're 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 uncovering what you've never done before. You in the playoffs, and that's that's something that's a that's an adjustment for them. Sunday night uh, in Kansas City is that just Big Ben Roethlisberger's last game as a Pittsburgh Steeler, or is that his last game as an NFL quarterback? I hope it's his last game as an NFL quarterback. I mean, let's face it, you, um, you don't get to do the Peyton Manning, the John Elway. You don't get to retire out on top as a quarterback. So it's not going. It's probably not going to end any better than what. Ben is doing on, on Sunday night, even if they get blown out, man. It's not gonna get any better. We want to play another. You want to play another year, 2022? Go and go somewhere else. Yeah, not gonna it, be a starting quarterback somewhere else. Well, even because if you look at the other quarterbacks that might be available, you teams are gonna go after a and Aaron Rodgers, a Russell Wilson, or even a even a Deshaun Watson, maybe before you go after a, a Ben Roethlisberger, if you're one of those teams that still has question marks at quarterback. The best teams are not going to add a 40 plus year old quarterback. That's this not, is not. Tom Brady. So his the best team that he's playing on right now is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's not going to get any better for him. The teams that are ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC, or even the teams in the NFC. They're not adding Ben to that team. Uh, and, is, Ben's, and Ben's play now is not going to elevate another team to be better than the team he's on right now. It's not going to get any better for him. Is, Indiana, is Indianapolis better with Ben Roethlisberger than they are with Carson Wentz? No. As sad as throwing that out there. That, no, no, no. I would take Carson Wentz over Ben Roethlisberger right now. Ben's Ben's through, man. All right, let's move on. Let's move let that on. little let that little let that little uh, swan song and and run around Heinz uh, Field he had a couple of weeks ago. Let that be the let that be his swan song, man. Let that let him go out with that. Let's talk about now the coaching changes and they have a tie to Wild Card Weekend because one of the quote-unquote open jobs is the Las Vegas Raiders. But Rich Rich Passaccia coached them into the playoffs. Last week, I asked you if he coached them into the playoffs, if he would get that job. You told me no. Yeah. Still feel that way today? Still feel that way because if they go out there on on Saturday and get beat up, like I think they're going to get beat up, uh, and the Bengals put up 40-plus on them, he made the playoffs, yeah. But here's the thing about another reason why Herm Edwards is banging on your door. Here's an interim coach that is trying to stay with that job. Not only just make the playoffs, but he's trying to accumulate wins, dude. Ten wins, double digits. He's able to walk into Mark Davis's office and say, I led this football team with all the turmoil it had during the season. In season, interim coach, I led this team to a 10-win season. First, t- t- first time uh, a team that's fired a coach midseason has made the playoffs since I want to say, I think I heard the stat was like the 60s or something crazy like that. Whatever it is, dude, he's able to say he's done that and not take a freaking damn knee or not, not we're not going to kick the field goal. We're not kick- no, man. Like my man Brett Musburger, the radio play-by-play voice of the Vegas Raiders said, jackpot, it's good. Carson, bam, boom. Yeah, man, all right, so, that field goal. All right, so the jobs that are open, 
Raiders and Jags were the first two that opened during the season. On Monday, Minnesota, Minnesota Denver opens, Chicago opens, and then the New York Football Giants opens up on Tuesday as well. What's the best open job in your opinion? And to me, I, I predicted the Raiders would make the playoffs at the beginning of the season. I still think, I, I almost am not counting them because I think that the smart decision would be to keep Bisaccia because he led them to the playoffs, something Gruden was not able to do. Uh, I still think that Minnesota might be the the best open job just because I think that that is the, mo- the most win now ready roster and I think if you're I think if you're a coach looking for looking for a job now there aren't many of these but look at how many coaches that are getting fired after two years you've really if you and we're not seeing as many retreads in the NFL like it's going to be really hard to see Joe Judge or somebody like that or even Matt Nagy get another NFL head coaching job down the road I think you've got to it's hard to say you've got to be choosy but you kind of do got to be choosy because there are shorter and shorter leashes on these coaches in the NFL. And I think that Minnesota of the open jobs has the roster that is most ready to win right now. I got an elite and the dolphins too. I, why did I not mention the dolphins being open? That was the most, the biggest shocker of them all. I got, maybe you're still shocked over it. I've yeah. got an elite. Or maybe you're scared that Herman was actually going to knock on the door. I've got an elite cow, a cowbell, Running back, one of the best, one of the dynamic running backs in the NFL, in Dalvin Cook. I've got arguably the best wide receiver tandem outside of what we have in Tampa Bay, in Minnesota too, with Jefferson and Thielen. Dude, that's two thirds. I mean, well, I won't even say two thirds because I'll include the offensive line. But that's if you want to say. And you've got a competent quarterback. If, if you want maybe to say not that's 50% of what you need, okay? You have the running back. You have the wide receiver. What don't you have? Okay, you don't You don't have the quarterback, the franchise quarterback. And you got to wonder what, how good the offensive line is. That's fine. But you still have, you still have half of what you need to be successful in the NFL. You got the running back and you got two dynamic wide receivers. Boom. Look at the openings around the league. Look at the openings. There's seven other openings, and you can talk about you can talk about the Vegas and making the playoffs. They don't have they don't they don't have the weapons that Minnesota has. They don't. Although they won ten games, they don't. Which says a lot. Which doesn't say a whole lot about Kirk Cousins, by the way. If you think about what I just said about the weapons you have, and you can't make the playoffs. But let's again look at the openings and tell me what. Opening is going to give you the arsenal, the offensive weapons that you need in an offense-driven league now that Minnesota has. None of them, dude. The Giants open. The Giants don't have it. The Dolphins don't have it. I mean, you can want the Bears don't have it. Vegas doesn't have it. Who am I leaving out? I mean, I can go on and on. They don't have it. Whomever it is. Jags don't have it. They just don't. And because of that, that's the most that's the most attractive job. It's Minnesota. Get the quarterback and you're good, man. I, and people say, well, you got the quarterback. No, you don't. 
You don't have the franchise quarterback, but you can make the playoffs with with Kirk Cousins. Done with that, man. Done with that. They did that with Case Keenum. They made the playoffs and made the the NFC Championship with Case Keenum. And no, I got weapons, man. I got got Super Bowl-type offensive weapons. Well, I should be I should be doing more than just making try, are you in a situation try. where you can get out All of that contract do, is what I'm saying that's fine find a way that you got rid of the GM and you're gonna hire a new head coach find a way to find yourself a better quarterback because you don't listen you don't have him and here's the thing though too you say oh well you know cousins is good enough to make the playoffs Dude, we just ran down the we just ran down the playoff teams. We just went through all the games. This weekend is great. Why? Because there's games Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. That's the reason why it's great. It's not going to be the most competitive games. The most competitive games, you know what's going to be? The following week. You wonder why? Because you filter out the Fagazis when it comes to the playoff teams. The Fagazis are going to be out. Whether it be Vegas, whether it be the Steelers, whether it be the Eagles, bye, bye. Divisional round weekend is the best weekend because you have the best competition. This weekend is great because you have three days worth of football, but it ain't the best competition, dude. So many people are talking about Jim Harbaugh in connection to the Dolphins' job, in connection in connection to the New York Giants job, and even in connection to the Raiders job, where to me, and even in connection to the Bears job as well, to me, I think Harbaugh is a, would be a great fit in Minnesota, and especially in a situation where you fire the GM, Harbaugh would probably want a lot of control. You can give him a head coach slash GM kind of title. To, in, right now in this coaching, in this coaching cycle, to me, based on what you're hearing from teams, based on what Harbaugh did this past year at Michigan, based on his past success in Fran- in San Francisco, to me, Jim Harbaugh is has kind of positioned himself as the prize of this coaching carousel. Now, is what he said about possibly going back to the NFL? Apparently, he's even said that to parents of recruits that he is that he is open to that option. Is that just to get more money from Michigan? Who knows? But no, to get back his money. <laughs> yeah, because he took a pay cut. He took a pay cut. To, yeah, to get back my money. Hey, by the way, you know that pay cut I took? Ah, we made the we we beat OSU, and we made the college football playoff. I need some of that money back. Do you think that you think he takes a job? Do you think he comes back to the NFL this this season this off season? You're not gonna find a better situation for him to come back to. You mentioned the you mentioned the potential openings that he could be connected to. I don't think he's going to Miami because I honestly I honestly think that Stephen Ross is, Stephen Ross came out and said he's not going to be the person that takes Jim Harbaugh out of Michigan. But here's the thing: so you're going to let someone else take him out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's like well, you know what? Yeah, my buddy, my buddy dated that pretty girl, man. He broke up with her. Well, I'm not gonna be the one that 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 dates her after him. Really? Cause somebody else is gonna date her. <laughs> if she's a 10, you can guarantee somebody else is gonna date her. Oh, wait, she wants to date you too? And you say you're not gonna date her? Oh, please. Again, 
It all depends on what Harbaugh wants more than anything else. If Harbaugh calls Stephen Ross and says, hey, you know, I want to come to Miami, Stephen Ross is is no fool. You know, he's a billionaire, businessman. And he's going to take take Harbaugh out of Michigan. I I talked about possibly the Michigan coach returning to the NFL. How about the possibility of Ryan Day, the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, reuniting with his college quarterback, one of his the best players that he's had being at Ohio State and Justin Fields in Chicago. To me, I know how college coaches have gone recently in the in the NFL, and I don't know if Chicago wants to go down that route. And I've heard some people say, uh, does Ryan Day want to leave a, a great job and a great program in Ohio State? To me, you don't get a better opportunity than reuniting with Justin Fields in the NFL. To me, there's not a better op- Ryan Day is not going to get a better opportunity down the road than he is going to get than the opportunity of reuniting with Justin Fields in the NFL. If he does, if the Bears offer him that job and he doesn't take it, I don't think Ryan Day is leaving Ohio State anytime soon. Oh, it all depends on what you know what what we don't see right now, and that's the future. But here's the thing: when it comes to Ryan Day is concerned. You're the king of Columbus, dude. He's the king of Columbus. And I know, I know they lost to Michigan this year. But if Harbaugh leaves, all of a sudden Michigan's got to pick up the pieces and find another head coach. But besides that, I'm not a Buckeyes fan, but this is a bump in the road. That's all this is. Don't tell me the program all of a sudden is not going to get back on top. Oh, they're going to they're going to be number one or number two to start the season. It, them and Alabama are going to be the top two teams going into next season. Even though Georgia won, those two teams uh, don't lose as much as Georgia did. They're going to be Again, a top two team. You're the king of Columbus, so you want to leave that where you have so much control in what how you do things, and you can talk about all the transfer portals and all those different things. That is a headache that coaches in college football have to deal with. But that's not enough to leave a program. That's number one. Number two is he's not going to a great situation in Chicago. Just like a certain coach in New Orleans has to think about things in regards to winning his division moving forward with Tom Brady here in Tampa Bay. Whomever gets the job in Chicago, if it's a, it's a guy that wants the job, it's a, that's a first-time head coach, I get it. You take that job because you want that job. But if you're Ryan Day and you have the job that you have, King of Columbus, and you take that Bears job, and all of a sudden Green Bay wins another Super Bowl, and Aaron doesn't go anywhere, and he rides out his career in, in Green Bay, guess what's happening? You are at the very, at the very best the second best team in your own division. Not only that, I just talked, we just talked about the Minnesota job. All Minnesota has to do is get the right quarterback and guess what they're doing? They are now the second best team in the NFC North. So I wouldn't be so quick if I was, we can, we can connect all the dots when it comes to Justin Fields and Ohio State and what they did in Columbus. But why would, if I'm, just, if I'm Ryan Day, why would I be so quick? to take that job with all the things I just mentioned. Minnesota gets a quarterback, and, it, and they're, they're a team that could easily be a playoff team. And if Green Bay wins and Aaron sticks around, 
Dude, at the very best, you are the third best team in the NFC North while you're running Columbus and you're running college football. Don't be so quick if you're lying dead. It'd just be wild if we went, already went through this wild college football coaching carousel, if after all the dust is settled in there, and then we end up seeing Michigan and Ohio State uh, come open the, this late in the game. Let me ask you this. What's the likelihood of that at least one of those jobs is open? Not, 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 whether, or not, whether, not whether or not you'd like to see them do it, whether or not you think one of those two guys – is going to the NFL. I think Harbaugh's going. Okay. I think that I think that I I think that he kind of he he kind of saw what the situation was in, in the college football playoff. He got them there. He had that he had that success. Beating Ohio State is not going to to get any easier. I don't think that his stock of going back to the NFL is ever going to be higher than it is right now. I think Harbaugh it, is going to the NFL. It's just a matter of of where he ends up speaking of stock his stock's not going to be any higher in michigan either no i'm with you I'm he's with not going you. to get any higher than that he, he beat ohio state and he made the college football playoff w- what else do you need to do win the co- win the college football playoff <laughs> again too with bama ohio state and clemson and georgia yeah okay good luck with that and not and not a uh Lincoln Riley and USC is in, the, is in USC. Oh, who knows what Mario Cristobal is going to do down in Miami? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be for for all those teams. It's going to be tough, but none of those teams has the opportunity. None of those head coaches has the opportunity that that Harbaugh has. And I know Ryan Day could leave for the NFL, but Harbaugh is a guy who's had success as opposed to the other guys. It's easier to hire Jim Harbaugh this coaching cycle than it is to than it is to hire Ryan Day after what happened to uh, one of his mentors in Urban Meyer, after what's going on with Matt Rule in Carolina, after what happened with Chip Kelly. It's it's a lot easier to hire a guy who has proven NFL success and then went back to college in a Jim Harbaugh than it is to than it is to hire a Ryan Day. And that's why I think that the only job that he that the fan base could get behind it is the Chicago job just because of the Fields connection. Brian Flores, the shock of Black Monday, does he get does he immediately get another head coaching job? Define immediate. Do you are you talking about does this he get, season? Yes. Does he get a job this this yes, cycle? Absolutely. Absolutely. But here's the thing. As much as I like him, you got to start wondering, okay, wait a second. Um, we're starting to jettison, the Dolphins jettison a few plays out of, out of Miami, <laughs> okay? Uh, we're going to have Minka Fitzpatrick do what? Okay, all right. No, that's not, that's not my skill set. So they ended up trading him, and he ended up in Pittsburgh, and he ends up being a, you know, a bona fide all-pro safety in Pittsburgh, there were a few other guys that you know found their way out of out of uh, out of Miami. Kyle Van Noy is another guy, right? Signed with Miami, signed for a bunch of big bucks with Miami, gets cut after one year, and he's back with New England making plays. Look Football. at the way he 
look at the way he's handled the Tua situation throughout. And I uh, understand he's I understand he's tight with Deshaun Watson, and reports have come out that that's one of the biggest reasons why Watson wanted to come to Miami. To and look at the offensive coordinators that he that he has hired as well. To me, I to me, if you're a team with a young quarterback stay away from Flores. I don't think that he's an ideal candidate for it. And to me, to me in a situation, my brother brought up to me that Jacksonville should hire Brian Flores right now. I said, absolutely not. I, your future is tied to the success of Trevor Lawrence. And it's not even a full knock on, on Flores, even though I did not like the way that he handled the, the Tua situation from start to finish. But I think if you're in a situation like that, you have to bring in a guy that is tailored to your quarterback having success. Because if you take a number one overall pick, the success of your franchise in the near future is tied to that guy. So why would you bring in a defensive coach who's going to hire an offensive coordinator? Even if that offensive coordinator has success with your young quarterback, he's probably going to set himself up to get a job somewhere else. So that's why I think, and look at the coaches that got fired this cycle. Flores, defensive guy. Mike Zimmer, defensive guy joe judge was a was a special teams coordinator i think that we're you don't you're not seeing it as it's going away going away going away these defensive head coaches because a lot of these jobs that are open are in a situation where they need to bring in a young quarterback or already have a young quarterback and that's why to me a team like jacksonville wouldn't necessarily be a good fit for flores does does he fit in minnesota Maybe, even though I think that he's kind of too similar to Mike Zimmer, a hard-nosed defensive guy, and you probably want to go in a defensive direction, change the direction of your football team. I think Flores is a good coach. I just, especially the Jacksonville situation or even the Chicago situation with Justin Fields is not ideal to me. You have a young quarterback. That should be the top priority in bringing in your head coach. Yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be so quick to to blame him for Tua's shortcomings when when it comes to I'm not talking about Tua's shortcomings I'm talking about the way that he handled that and going to different quarterbacks and not giving Tua any vote of confidence in in the public that's what I'm talking about I'm not talking about Tua on the field I'm talking about the way Flores handled it think about yeah but you say that but last year he was a guy who took Ryan Fitzpatrick out and gave Tua his first opportunity to play. With Chan Gailey, an offensive coordinator, and wouldn't even let him throw the ball more than five yards down. That's field. not the point. The point is, is that Fitzpatrick was winning football games. A veteran quarterback was winning football games, and he put Tua in. My thing about Flores is not so much the quarterback situation because let's face it, Tua's going through. He's going to end up going through. His third off as a coordinator, when the Dolphins do hire who they hire as far as the head coach is concerned, that ain't on Flores. That's on the changes that they continue to make in Miami. That's number one. Number two is my thing is about Flores pretty much making himself a little bit difficult to deal with when it comes to not just Tua, but his general manager and some of his players. Again, there have been players that have left Miami that have gone other places and all of a sudden showed up and showed up well. And it's like, whoa, wait a second, man. Why are we, so getting, he, rid of, why are we getting rid of good football players who can help you based off of 
you know, the fact that we don't jive personality-wise. So if he gets a job, where is it? Vegas. No, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't think you can go Flores, fire Basaccia and go. I, th- I think if Vegas fires Basaccia, it's because they have an in with like a Harbaugh or something. Uh, let me tell you something. Vegas goes out this weekend and, and Joe Burrow puts up a five, 500 piece on him. He's going to get fired no matter what. <laughs> no matter what. It can be and Flores then you're going to bring in Brian Flores? Why not? You, you got to listen, you got to fix the defense, right? It's one of the, that's one of the drawbacks of, of, uh, of, the, of the Vegas Raiders right now is, is their defense. But as much as I wouldn't mind seeing Flores in New York with the Giants, I told you a couple of weeks ago, and I'll say it again, and I kind of brought it up slightly in this podcast. Sean Payton yes, to New sir. York. Yes, sir. Don't sleep on it. And when it happens, I want you, I want you to remember this conversation. Is that, because, wish, is that because, a little wishful thinking? The- look at you want people want to connect the dots at other jobs, whether it be Harbaugh to places or line data places. I'm going to connect them for you, dude. I'm telling you flat out. When is Sean Payton going to win a division again? Because he's not. As long as time is here, playing till he's 45, 46, and you don't have to have, you could have, and not that the Bucks would be this, but you could have mediocre talent around Tom. And they're still going to compete in that division. But they're not going to have mediocre talent. Where's that defense going? That defense is, and, and Ray J, it's not going anywhere. And I can, we can count the guys who are, you know, maybe on the back nine when it comes to Sue, when it, when it comes to Sue, when it comes to JPP. Okay. But we talked about the linebackers earlier. Those guys aren't going anywhere. We talked about Vita Vea. Vita Vea just signed an extension. Yep. Talk about this secondary. The secondary is not going anywhere. Those kids are 25, 26 years old. As much as we wanted to sign a veteran around here, Brent Grimes, um, those cornerbacks, those safeties, they're not going anywhere. All those dudes are spring chickens. They're going to be rolling in that end zone with that pirate ship a whole long time. And because of that, Sean Payton's got to decide where he can actually compete for a division title. And it's not in the NFC South, which is another reason why where you are <laughs> in Charlotte, <laughs> where Matt Rule got another year, but bro, it's not going to get any better for you. <laughs> you, you got to solve your quarterback situation in, in Carolina and you got McCaffrey. You got to get that dude to play six, 17 games. Or, or yeah, you got to get that dude to play 17 games, which he hasn't done in two years. Let's close with this. The Bucks coordinators, Byron Leftwich and uh, Todd Bowles, are both getting a ton of uh, interviews. You think one, both, or none get jobs this cycle? I'll start. I say Byron Leftwich gets the job in Jacksonville. I say Todd Bowles is still the defensive coordinator of the Bucks next year. Sounds good. How's that? 
like that. All like right. this, like this, like this agreement. That's going to do it for this week's uh, Bucks Nation podcast. Downey and Martez. You can follow Lynn Martez on Twitter at Elmar810. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. You can follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Check out Bucks Nation leading in to Wild Card Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. Until next week, this has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.